0: Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code radio20 at bloomberglive.com slash festival.
1: approach to tackling coronavirus is to prepare for the worst and work for the best.
0: You need a totally different style of leadership. It's not enough to have a plan. You need to be testing, testing, testing.
1: Britain and the EU, do they want to be seen as locking horns on an issue such as a no-deal Brexit when the economy is going to be suffering and people's lives are going to be facing so much disruption? Hello, you're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Sarlick. And a very good afternoon. I'm Roger Hearing. Now, we have an
2: interesting moment for Boris Johnson, and fairly obviously pressure continuing to mount on the Prime Minister, who, has being pushed very hard into firing his chief aide, Dominic Cummings, although he's resisting it. Polls, however, out today show voters seem to think that Dominic Cummings did break the lockdown rules, and there are many MPs out there including Conservative MPs calling for him to go. Uh, Plaid Cymru's Westminster leader, Liz Savile-Roberts, says the actions taken by Dominic Cummings are putting the lockdown at risk. If they tolerated this with their own most senior advisor, this unelected man who we cannot remove by any other means, if they tolerated that with him, who else is going to say, well, if he can do it, why not me?
1: And then more than 30 Conservative MPs now have joined the opposition in calling for Cummings' departure. North Thanet MP Sir Roger Gale says the situation can't go on for much longer.
3: The time has come when the 1922 committee, which is the committee of the backbench of the Conservative Party, has to take this up with the Prime Minister and say, look, this has gone too far. It's a distraction. It's damaging. I'm afraid, Prime Minister, that either Mr Cummings has to resign or you have to ask him to leave.
2: Well, all this comes as Boris Johnson faces an hour and a half of sustained questioning from a parliamentary committee on his handling of the virus crisis. So what is he going to do? We will hear from that. And what's crucial for Dominic Cummings' position is the level of support inside the Parliamentary Conservative Party. Many MPs have had a storm of angry emails coming into their inbox from those who are outraged over what seemed to be a case of one rule for senior figures and one rule for the rest of us. Well, for more, let's bring in John Lamont, Conservative MP for Berwickshire, Roxburgh, Selkirk. John, welcome to the programme. Thanks for being with us. Can I ask you first, um, what's your inbox been like on this?
4: Um, I think it's fair to say I've had a fair um, volume of of emails from um, constituents and people from from outside my constituency expressing their um, views on on this. There's also a high degree of frustration amongst constituents that, uh, you know, when the media focus really should be, and indeed the government's focus should be on dealing with the pandemic and dealing with the economic recovery, which undoubtedly we're going to have to deal with, we we are distracted um, by by um, other things. And I mean, I have four days of, of pretty much constant media coverage um, on, on on this one issue, and as I say, it is very important. Issues at stake around the management of the pandemic and the public health messages that people need to be um, following.
1: John, do you understand the public anger around the fact that even for the sake of argument, if, if Dominic Cummings didn't break the letter of the rules, he might have broken the spirit of them, and that's why people are, are getting up in arms.
4: I mean, my, my advice. To, 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 I mean, my, my own my one perspective. I, I've been locked down in my my home in Coldstream in the Scottish Borders for almost weeks now, and I've been telling my constituents very clearly to follow um, both the Scottish and the UK government um, guidance, and, and I know the vast majority of my um, constituents have, have done that. So Mr. Mr Cummings has set out his um, position, the, the, the Prime Minister, um, likewise, and as I say, I think the frustration now is, is that we should be focusing on the management of the Pandemic, and we need to allow the government to, to, to do that. I mean, the economic recovery for our country is going, is going to be a big, big task. And that's got to be our, our focus as well as ensuring that there's no second surge um, in terms of the uh, coronavirus
2: I mean, well, let, let me quote what you said to your own local paper. You said, I very much share the sense of frustration that's been expressed to me, and it's essential the voices of local people are heard at the highest levels. You've also said to us now that you think it's a, fr- it's a, it's a distraction from where the government should be. So, given all that, isn't it better to remove that uh, obstruction and the source of the anger? Shouldn't Dominic Cummings resign?
4: I've, I've been feeding into my colleagues in, in government the, the views that have been expressed by my constituents and lots of my colleagues have been doing the same, and that is that is the job of, of MPs. That is the approach I've taken in similar situations in in the past, and it's then for colleagues in, in government to so then you reflect on that feedback, reflect on on, on those, those those views, and act and act um, in the way that they decide best. And uh, I mean, I'm not going. To, it's, it's, I don't employ this. Mr. Cummings, I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible for carrying out any investigation into Mr. Well, Cummings. Well, well, no, no, um, But John, but you have—you you, you are it, it, an MP. You have a view. You're a
2: member of the Conservative Party. In fact, you're a member of the Conservatives in Scotland, and your leader has actually called on him to go. Surely, you have a view.
4: I, I, I am relaying the views of my constituents um, to my colleagues in government, including the the government whips. That is the way I, I've always um, conducted my my time, either as an MP or prior to that as a member of. The Scottish Parliament. I'm not going to um, necessarily run first microphone or TV camera just just to, uh, to, to to do that. I think there's there's more appropriate ways of of, of relaying and communicating with colleagues in government. As I say, I do not employ Mister Cummings. I'm not responsible for investigating Mister Cummings. There are others. Um, who do that? But I do strongly believe, as many of my constituents also believe, that the focus needs to be on dealing with the pandemic.
2: All right, John. Well, just for absolute clarity, we should say you are not, at the moment, calling for him to resign. That that you are you are not doing that.
4: I'm I'm relaying the views of my constituents um, to my colleagues within government.
1: All right, but regardless of whether he should go or not, the damage surely has been done to the lockdown and to the rules. People now can say, "Oh, I was—I was also acting out of extenuating circumstances—and and use this as an excuse now to break down the the the, the trust and the effort that has been built up by the nation."
4: I, mean, I think it's important to you—you uh, you just comment and really commend the the British public in terms of. The, the wide compliance that there has been with the, the lockdown um, restrictions in mean, my experience here in my own constituency is the vast majority of people have followed the, the rules I've set down by the Scottish and UK um, government. And that's absolutely the, the right thing to have um, to have done. We're already seeing the rules um, starting to be um, relaxed because, um, thankfully, the, the data suggests and, and, and the evidence suggests that that is. Now the right thing um, to do, so we are starting to see the lockdown um, relax. But it still is very important at every stage in that relaxation to that follow um the rules. And, and again, my impression from the last few, few days is, is, is that has not not changed. People are still complying with the rules as they should. So you don't but think it's been, been a damaging diversion, as, 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 John? As, you don't as, think, as, think it's, uh... I mean, as, as the lockdown becomes much more? Um, not as, as clear-cut as, as, as the restrictions continue to evolve. It's going to be much, much harder um, for, 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 you know, for people to understand how social distancing and how all the other aspects of this is going to evolve as, as this continues to, to change.
2: So you don't think it's a damaging diversion? Which I mean, for example, in the sense of obviously a lot depends on faith in the person who is leading the project. Uh, in this case, Boris Johnson, and the latest opinion poll suggests that he has been damaged by this. His, his 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 opinion levels have gone down considerably. I mean, that's that's a problem, isn't it?
4: Well, the evidence that, that I have seen is is the vast majority of of people, both in my constituency and, and and wider than that, is that people are still complying and. Um, rightly so, with the government guidance. And that's both the Scottish government guidance and the UK government guidance. And clearly in Scotland we have the added dimension, particularly for, for me living here in the Scottish borders, of having um, slightly different rules on either side of the border. And that's obviously going to create different challenges. And the same in, in Wales and other parts of the United Kingdom. Indeed, it will, be different, uh, it will be similar in terms of the challenges if indeed there are regional variations which might have to happen depending on how... The, the management of the pandemic continues, but um, at my experience has been people are complying with the rules and continue to do so, and that's absolutely the right
1: thing to do. Is that devolution essentially of lockdown rules to the four nations essentially a gift to the nationalists? It's a huge part of policy making at the moment that is being given to the regions, and it's necessarily going to set a precedent for things to come that these sort of things can be done at a local level?
4: Well, clearly, I mean, for example, schools are a very good good example. I mean, schools are clearly the responsibility of the um, Scottish government. They are, they are devolved, and there's always going to be aspects of the the management of, 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 of any lockdown which is going to have to be done in a very localised, devolved manner, whether that's through the Scottish government or through my local um, council. And that, and that was always going to be um, the case. And I think after this after this crisis, after the pandemic is over, there will have to be some sort of investigation, some sort of analysis as to how how we as a country collectively have um, managed this, whether we needed to have more consistency in terms of um, messaging between different parts of the UK or whether we just need need to accept that this was always going to be a virus which was going to have regional variations and that was always going to require uh, the different parts of England taking a different approach or indeed the different nations taking a different approach. But that's for That's a discussion for a later date. But there is a practical reality that many of these policy areas are devolved and do require the involvement of the different um, devolved nations, governments, um, Mm. in terms of the delivery of the lockdown.
2: And briefly, John, are you impressed with the way that the Scottish government has handled this? Do you think they've basically called it right?
4: I think both governments, um, notwithstanding what is um, currently dominating the headlines. I think both governments um, deserve credit in terms, of the, in terms of how they have worked together to um, deliver, this, uh, we'll deliver either the, the financial packages to support businesses and communities, but in terms of just how they've managed this this, this, this crisis together. I mean, I think we we'll are always like to focus on the differences and the, the problems that there have been, and undoubtedly there have been. But I think there's lots of things that we can take pride in in terms of both our governments working together to deliver the best outcomes, not just for Scotland, but for the whole entirety of the United Kingdom.
3: Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients.
1: Let's talk about what else is making news in the world of politics. We start with the impact the coronavirus is having on the gender pay gap. A new study uh, suggests that mothers are more likely to have lost their job. Beyond reduced hours and be caring for children while working than their male partners during the coronavirus crisis. Oh, that's believable. The Institute for Fiscal Studies and the UCL Institute of Education said women risk lasting lasting damage to their careers when lockdown is lifted. It found half of women with childcare are more likely to have lost or quit their job than the start of restrictions, and 14% are more likely to have been furloughed than fathers. So some unequal damage
2: being done. Meanwhile, Universal Credit, remember when that was a big scandal? Well, the Resolution Foundation says that the Universal Credit benefit system has actually coped rather well with an unprecedented demand for welfare. This came as more claims were processed in the first four weeks of the virus crisis than in the first nine months of the financial crisis over a decade ago. But with Britain now facing the highest unemployment since the 90s, the think tanks urging the government to make the system more generous, it says Westminster must cushion the blow for the estimated two million people projected to lose their jobs jobs this quarter. The typical employee loses close to half their income
1: if they enter unemployment and move on to benefits. Hmm. Then a cross-party committee has found Britain could create 850,000 new green energy jobs this decade if it uses recovery stimulus to fast-track decarbonisation. The environmental justice committee found that financial stimulus being used to kickstart the economic recovery from coronavirus should accelerate the UK's path towards net-zero emission. At least an extra 30 billion pounds a year is needed if the UK is to reach net-zero by 2050, and decarbonising the economy will require one of the fastest and largest retraining programmes the country has ever seen. It's an issue we've touched on a couple of times on this programme since the coronavirus crisis played out, and it's always a fascinating discussion. What benefits, how can we reshape the country for the better once this is all over?
2: And now that question of the virus time. Who do you let come and play in your garden? Well, the Queen has given (laughs) Boris Johnson permission to exercise in the grounds of Buckingham Palace as he continues his recovery from the virus. The Daily Telegraph is reporting the Prime Minister has been allowed to make use of the grounds amid security concerns, concerns over his habit of running in public places as well as the large garden. The palace also, of course, has an outdoor tennis court and Johnson is known to be a fan of that particular sport. Well, he's also been seen jogging in the grounds of Lambeth Palace, the official London residence of the Archbishop of Canterbury. So, I mean, he could
1: turn up in your garden someday, sir. <laughs> yeah, any, any second now. Well, he's photographed from the Telegraph wearing a very fetching red T-shirt and some rather short blue shorts. I think I would notice if he turned up in my garden, mainly because it's very, very small. But anyway, it's been five days now since the news of Dominic Cummings' trip to Durham broke. There's no side of this story going away, so we've got to keep on talking about it. The Times splashing on a YouGov poll today showing the Tory lead over Labour has fallen by nine percentage points in a single week since the revelations broke. The worst Tory collapse, that is, in more than a decade. Then the Daily Mail has a separate poll showing two-thirds of voters think Cummings lied in his Rose Garden address and should resign. A very detailed breakdown in that poll. you to have a look at that. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is Bloomberg opinion columnist Therese Raphael. Therese, great to have you as always. Talk to us about these polls then. How damning are these for Boris Johnson and for the Conservatives?
5: Well, I guess, either you know, James Johnson, who did the Daily uh, Mail poll, a former Downing Street uh, um, pollster for Theresa May, tweeted that it was the most one-sided poll he'd ever done. And I think that was what really comes through with these, both how much the issue has cut through to people. I think 87 percent had heard a lot or a fair amount about what happened with Dominic Cummings. So this is clearly um, a story that has gotten a huge amount of attention. It's been you know, joined by pretty much every media outlet and and almost nonstop. But you get the sense that it's partly driven um, perhaps by you know by a fatigue of talking about our numbers and epidemiological curves and a contract tracing app that hasn't been rolled out and the daily death toll. And there is just it is a very um, interesting moment in which, uh, you know, a sort of ennui with lockdown has been set in. The costs of lockdown are being, um, you know, increasingly tabulated by uh, by businesses. People are feeling nervous about uh, about jobs, uh, about their own well-being. And, you know, it's almost like the perfect storm for, um, and we don't want to call it a, a, a trivial scandal, but if we look at in the history of scandals, this... Really, shouldn't qualify as something that um, you know that, that that raises people's hackles to the degree of you know of some of the ones we've seen in the past, right? I mean, there was no massive kind of um, you know illegal action taken. There was there were no great victims, but yet it cut through in such a powerful way because people it reinforced this view um, that has that polls have shown over and over again. Um, in recent years, that there's one set of rules for the elite and another for uh, for ordinary people. And pretty much anything Dominic Cummings has said to try to explain um, the real dilemma he had uh, when making this decision has just fallen on deaf ears.
2: Now, it's very, very interesting. And your piece you know, is entitled um, A Very British Scandal." It is very British in that sense. What you're talking about there, the elite having uh, the advantage over the rest of us, that class issue I suppose in some ways and I thought what was very telling was on the front page of the Daily Star of all places the cut out and keep mask of Dominic Cummings which they invited you to wear so that you could then do anything you wanted uh, as a a result which I thought was lovely but I mean you know it is in a sense as you say trivial but it it could be a turning point because this was a government elected on an entirely different issue uh, on a wave of popular support but that seems to be cracking doesn't it?
5: Yeah, you have to worry, or the government has to worry, when uh, criticism becomes, either so embedded that uh, that it turns to just mockery, and and you know the the that uh, uh, the masks and all of the the ways that people are sort of on uh, the memes and the ways people are making fun of Cummings. I think that's got to be a real worry uh, for the government. Now, I mean, I guess I fall. Yeah, you know, when we talk about what 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 is the real damage this has done? Well, the short term, it does hurt because how do you get people to listen to lockdown messaging? How do you get people to follow the rules if uh, you know a very senior government advisor and uh, Boris Johnson's right hand man is seen to be not following them? That that's a big problem. Maybe that's less of a problem now than it would have been, say, three weeks ago, because restrictions are being lifted, there are more freedoms, and, uh, you know, there, I, I think some polls were suggesting about 20 percent of people were taking some liberties anyhow. But then there's this, the question of, well, you know, what is the longer-term damage? The longer uh, Cummings remains in office, uh, you know, is the more he's sort of a lightning rod for criticism, he's a reminder of uh, – a sense that that perhaps there are two sets of rules and that was something that he exploited so ruthlessly during the brexit campaign during uh, Boris Johnson's election in fact it was you know that very sense of um a, a, you know of, of restoring fairness that helped win so many voters uh to the conservatives in december so it's just you know it's, it's ironic on a lot of levels at the same time you know i think it's easy to get a, you know to let to get away with ourselves at the moment here um, because Boris Johnson has an 80 seat majority in parliament. He is a leader, still, you know, we still have to say he's at the height of his powers, even if it's, you know, the polls are showing that support waning. Uh, the Labor Party is still a long way from being uh, a competitive electoral force. We are a long way from any election. He could. Uh, conceivably, lose Dominic Cummings and then bring him back. For example, in a year or so. I mean, this pretty Patel uh, was was dismissed from government uh, um, and and then brought back. So it was Amber Rudd. So you know these things do happen. Uh, the problem with Dominic Cummings, of course, is that he's so central to the Johnson project. He's important not just to setting the policy direction at num at Number Ten Downing Street, but the operational side of things is so driven by him. He's, you know, a supreme details man. He's shaped the messaging. So I think it would be it would be damaging for Johnson um, to lose him in terms of just how he uh, how he runs the government, uh, he's not known as a, as a details person; he's more of a um, you know of a big picture thinker. But uh, if he had to, I think he could, and I think he'd survive it. And so this this sense, that, at least in my view, that this is kind of the end of the Johnson premiership somehow, to me feels um, feels a bit uh, overstated. Well, the
1: sense from the government for the whole time has been that he's not going anywhere and yet the situation has got worse and worse and worse and h- how much worse does it have to get before Boris Johnson mm. says you know mm. look, you, you really have to go now
5: yeah, that's a good question I mean we can take the temperature of the select committee hearings today which is the first time Boris Johnson will appear in front of that committee and the first I think 20 minutes of an hour long uh, 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 grilling will be de- dedicated to Cummings and we'll see how many Tory MPs are willing to call for his sacking. The other, you know, I suppose moment will be when uh, the Durham police uh, conclude their investigation, which is now uh, has now begun. And if they decide to to uh, uh, impose a fine or or some other kind of censure, maybe he'll have to step back uh, at that point. I mean, they're, they're you know, there are conceivably kind of moments where Boris Johnson could simply say, "Look, this is taking too much of the government's attention. This is sucking too much oxygen. this we're in we're in a moment of national crisis. And I stand by Dominic Cummings that we simply can't allow this to be getting in the way of of policy." And then he just you know, he he, he bows to that, but most yeah. uh, people close to uh, Downing seem to be saying that this is that's the last thing that they would expect Johnson to do. So.
2: Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB digital radio in London.